Yo and hello! Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering... Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? We do. I'm thinking about it a lot. And talking about it, and watching it, and doing all the things. Smelling it? <laughs> Smelling it? <laughs> Done this like 15 times already. Yeah. And we're gonna do it like 30 more. So today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 16, Pygmalion, a.k.a. How to Lose a Girl, Part 1. We've got Ah. our first two-parter in the show. Now, depending on where it aired, I don't think it officially was branded as a two-parter. But, uh, yes, if if you find this on YouTube, it is called Pygmalion. A a classic take on the Pygmalion, as in the basis of My Fair Lady. You can see it's going to be a transformation makeover episode, but for who? Yes. Well, whoever the pig is supposed to be, because it's P-I-G, Malian. <laughs> I wonder who the nastiest person at RFR is. <laughs> Colin, who do you think the nastiest person at RFR is? Can, can we guess? <laughs> is it is it the boy who smells like chicken soup who won't stop playing his Game Boy at Mickey's? So this episode initially aired December 12th, 2003. It was directed by Chris Grismer and written by Anita Capilla. Now, we talked about her briefly a few episodes ago. Um, I misspoke and said that she directed episode 17, written by the stars. That's because IMDb is inaccurate. Oh my god, IMDb. Surprise. Surprise. Um, But she she directed this one. We noted her especially for being the co-executive producer of Kim's Convenience, which is a really great CBC comedy uh, going on right now. Um, But she was also the consulting producer on Mr. D., Okay, Which cool. Which is another, another CBC show. And she also has rating credits from earlier 2000s shows like The Saddle Club, How to Be Indie, Camp Lake Bottom, and Naturally Sadie. Oh, yeah. So, so that's, yeah. that's a lot of CanCon there. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, she, she's been working in the Canadian media scene for, for a hot minute and doing some cool stuff. Kim's Convenience is a really good, fun, wholesome show. Oh, I, it's so I like it a lot. good. Oh. So this episode also features a guest appearance from Paula Brancati as Veronica. So this was one of her first acting roles, but she's probably best known for her roles in Degrassi, The Next Generation, and Being Erica. Uh, Kind of around this time, she was also in a couple of Disney Channel movies, including Jump In and Cowbells, the Ali and AJ movie. I saw that. She's busy. Yeah, well, when when I first saw her, I was like, where where have I seen this girl before? And it was because she plays Casey's cousin Vicky in Life with Derek. Oh, nice. Yeah, and she I was like, like watching that episode. I was like, "Oh, it's her." And she's doing like Working Moms and Frankie Drake Mysteries, and she's a very active Canadian actress, which is very yeah, cool. Yeah, she's she's in the Canadian horror anthology Slasher. Oh yes, so that's cool. <laughs> she was also in uh, Michael Cedar's movie Sadie's Last Days on Earth, and also um, she played Miss Honey in the 2016 Toronto production of Matilda the Musical. Which I is saw cool. that. Yeah, good job, Paula. You're doing it. Yeah, like really, really doing some cool stuff in the Canadian media scene. And it's always exciting to see like, you know, where people have gone after the show. Because it's it's been a hot minute since this aired. And it's it's fun. Uh, But yeah, we've we've got her in this episode. We've got more Ed, more Ted, and more Audrey. So very exciting. 
I, I did want to say, I think it's becoming clearer and clearer that we're being given a grand mission to just go and correct all of IMDb's mistakes. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so inaccurate. Yeah. And like, half the time, like, when people do have credits for the show, it's not listed for any episode, or it's not yeah. listed for the right episode. Yeah, they keep putting Ed in random episodes that he's not yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we love him, but come on. And what does Hugo Lynn do? <laughs> yes, Hugo Lynn. Yo, what that Hugo Lynn do? <laughs> What's this? Hey, give, just give that back. Give, give that back. I see you every day, but I don't have the guts to tell you what's in my heart. So we start off this episode in the cafeteria, as many episodes do, and Ray's pouring over a letter that he's writing, and Lily comes over to sit with him, and it turns out Ray's writing a love letter. Ah, that is very clearly for Lily, but yes. Lily, of course, is none the wiser. She's like, ooh, who is this for? But then immediately starts, like, roasting it. Yeah. tearing it apart. Yeah. It's full of hockey metaphors, and it's covered in mustard, because <laughs> Ray, Ray is not able to eat tidily. <laughs> no. Just slopping mustard everywhere, using that to woo Lily, I suppose. What would you do if a boy gave you a love letter covered in mustard? Well, it's funny. This was making me think of a story I do have. Um, when I was in high school, because I think we talked a little bit about my weird high school, um, but you could kind of drop your books in a desk for the day in one of the classrooms and you could work there and then you could just, you know, you'd get up and mill about, go check in with your friends, go to the washroom, whatever. And so I did that one time. I think I, I was you know, working in the math classroom or something. And I got up to use the washroom and I came back and there was a little pink note on my desk. And oh. it said, yeah, it was really weird. And it said, I dream of you, but I don't know you yet. What? I Yeah, I know. It's crazy. That's unsettling. Yeah, no, I remember telling my friends and uh, I took it to um, the drama room and started telling my friends about it. And one of my friends is like, well... If you go missing, we'll know. <laughs> My God. Yeah, and then, and then it happened again. It was um, so. So I got that first note, and then I went and worked in the math classroom. I can't remember if it was the same day or not, but the same thing happened. I left to use the washroom. I came back, and there was this little note, and it said it gave me. I can't, I can't remember. If, I don't know if I still have the note somewhere, but it said something like, um, "Hey, like two desks." over and three desks behind that's me come over and say hi and I remember looking over and I think I think there was just some books there or something like that or I can't remember if there was just some books or if it was empty so I could have just been being pranked I was probably just being pranked but it was really fucking weird <laughs> that's so weird isn't it and what a what a weird prank yeah I don't know. Like, I feel like my, my school is full of such, like, a weird bunch of people. Like, there's probably some, like, I don't know, nerd out there who's like, ha, I shall prank this woman. <laughs> I don't know. God. I I did have a guy in high school write me a poem once. Oh, uh, my God. That included the line, your teeth are like pearly white doves playing in the snow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which is not the compliment i needed and to be honest my teeth aren't very white oh. <laughs> but it was very strange they were pearly white to him oh boy yeah i, I love that that high school romance no idea what i'm doing i need some... oh. 
get a dramatic sort of musical bridge to RFR with many shots oh, of feet. So yeah, <laughs> so many feet. A lot of feet. You get like, you know, a little glimpse into the the fashion as I'm becoming so fascinated by. Um, side note: It's not CanCon. But uh, a couple of days ago, I recently watched Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, which was an early 2000s Disney oh, Channel original yes. movie. And if you want a good look into some good early 2000s fashion, I was having a great time watching that. So fun. But yeah, there's we see some girls walking by in like those like really chunky wedges. And like I'm, I'm not opposed to a chunky wedge now, but that feels very nostalgic to me because I definitely wore those wedges in nice. middle school a few times. Awesome. That is a love song. It just grabs your heart and squeezes it. All right, I get it, I get it. I don't know the first thing about love. Ray's fucking chewing with his mouth open while he's on the radio. He's <laughs> on the radio. It turns into a whole bit of Ray saying, well, you know, if, if you're so great with this, why don't you tell me how to get a girl? And she's like, well, I only know what I like. And he's like, that works for me. And Robbie just kind of like looks at the two of them and is like, ooh, 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 what's happening? But yeah, Ray is on the radio chewing with like a very full oh, mouth of gum. So gross. That's the that's the ASMR nobody wants. Fuck. I would die. He also has so much mustard on his shirt. And I don't did he get mustard on his shirt in that first scene? Or did it just I think it just dropped onto the table. It's, is it is he just constantly like does he just have a little bottle of mustard with him and he just kind of yeah. like has to recharge through the day like yeah so like we we see him dropping mustard onto the piece of paper at like when lily like is looking at the love letter and now in rfr he's got like this giant mustard stain right down his shirt mm-hmm. and then robbie says i like it it matches your pants Meaning he's got mustard stains on his pants. How much <sighs> mustard is he eating? I don't, maybe, maybe he didn't hear Lily and he thought that she meant like mustard was like the key, <laughs> the essential. Mustard's only for clothes, not for paper. Yes. Lily opens up the, the line to callers and we get another girl calling in and saying, you know, Ray's being so typical, asking for advice and then not taking it. And then, and then Ed calls in. Shady. In theory, I know all the moves, and yet this life force called the female still eludes me. Well, Ed... And Ed sounds like such a fucking incel. (laughs) He does. Anytime a guy refers to a woman as a female, I'm like instantly like, no, 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 During that last phone call, we find out that the transmitter is dying and kind of the hardware that they're running the station off of really needs to be replaced. And Travis is like, oh, it's fine. I can just, you know, replace some some parts of it. And then like so many sparks come out and he has so little reaction to it. Like he stays in his place and just kind of goes, or not. Like, get the fuck out. (laughs) What are you doing? He's 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 used to this. He's he's done this before. He's you know sabotaged electrical circuitry. Ooh, yeah. Maybe maybe this is just like a reflection of you know Travis being very well conditioned. Yeah, yeah. He knows. He immediately knows what's wrong, and yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really react when when there's sparks and stuff because he's like, ah, I know you. He's one of those people that just kind of like hovers their hands over candles and is like, guys, guys, look, <laughs> guys, look. <laughs> 
And he's like, fucking stop, Travis. And then he fucking karate chops the candle in half. Punches it. Yes, he one inch punches the candle. Explodes (laughs) all over his hand. So, what do you think? Not a bad start. So now we're in Mickey's and Ray's wearing a very nice sweater. Like a sweater white undershirt combo with no mustard, which is an improvement. So now Ray's trying to be more kind of earnest, actually asking Lily for help. Well, this girl must be pretty amazing for you to want to impress her so much. Yeah, she is. Oh, <laughs> it's so cute. My heart. This, my this heart. was probably like one of my first ships. Oh yeah, 100%. Lily takes Ray on his quest to become uh, a tidier, more dateable man, and she says she needs some outside help. Outside help? Mm-hmm. But I thought... Okay. Let's get started. And we get Audrey. Audrey returns in this amazing, like, periwinkle velour jumpsuit. <laughs> it's, she... it's so good. I wish I owned it. I love it so much. It looks so cozy. But Ray very clearly thought, like, this was his ticket. I'm just getting more one-on-one time with Lily. And he's not impressed with, like, oh, wait, I actually have to do the thing where I get the makeover? Shit. I love Audrey has this full-on little, like, teacher, like, telescopic pointer thing that she's using to, like, point out Mm. Ray's flaws. (laughs) Personally, I'm more concerned about this problem area. What, his whole face? So we get kind of, like, the end of that makeover scene. Uh, We get, like, this, this very cute little bit where Audrey, as, like, part of this kind of assessment is like okay pretend you like lily how would you ask her out and ray get, like gets all like nervous and blink he's like well, we ask lily out what yeah. and, and he he pulls like a very like typical ray goofy best of both worlds line and audrey's like i'm gonna call my mom tell her i'll be late because you suck <laughs> you're hopeless <laughs> but then we like immediately cut to school the next day ray walks in and is like ladies man on campus is like chatting up all the girls Reaches out, touches a girl's hair, and compliments her hair. After, uh, like, he just reaches out and runs his fingers through, like, the hair of this random girl, even if he, like, knew that girl already. That's fucking no. weird. Don't do that. No. Man. I don't like it. And also, his hair looks terrible now. Yeah. It's, like, like kind of, like, slicked down. It looks very, like, gelled. And he doesn't, he doesn't look better. He doesn't look better. It's kind of like a like a early Beatles look, which isn't super flattering for Ray. Like honestly, his hair looked better when Audrey was like messing it around and like tossing it and stuff. It, it had volume. Volume. It was just, like slicked. But he meets up with Robbie and Lily in the hallways and she's like, "Well, c- congrats, Ray. It's it's clearly working." And we get like uh the we've got like music coming in throughout this whole hallway scene and we kind of like fade out on like that little scene of this like close shot of Ray like smiling and nodding as the music goes you're like Greta Garbo (laughs) (laughs) it's just very good yes Ray's the Greta Garbo of the situation so Lily asks Ray who he likes and Ray gets yet another chance to finally admit to Lily and he messes up and he just kind of points at a random girl. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets very close and like it's like you can tell he's going to be like she's standing right in front of me and then we hear like this like ow from the hallway. <laughs> and it's Veronica, who's this girl in like a pink bandana and like matching pink shirt. She's got headphones on rocking in the hallway she doesn't care about the headphone band no no that's true 
she's just there being a rebel and Ray just kind of like panics and points at her and Lily's like really and like while she's like turned away looking over her shoulder we say Ray kind of like pinching the bridge of his nose being like oh my god what yeah a little facepalm moment it's very good but then we continue into the cafeteria at lunch that day where uh Ray and Robbie walk in to find Ed and Ted seating each other after you why thank you Edward after you how gracious of you theater it's so great ed's wearing like a full three-piece suit and and ted is wearing like a very um toned down ted style which is just like a, a pretty normal graphic tee yeah yeah there's no jumpsuit or there's no like safety pin post-its yeah yeah i i get such frog and toad vibes from ed and ted sometimes just oh these like buddies who are who are truly each other's soulmates, just spending all their time together. It's so cute. Yeah, they're just like taking turns. Like one of them will sit down, and then they'll stand up, and the other one will see the other and be like, "Ah, thank you, Theodore." <laughs> ah. And like Robbie is like, "You guys know that that advice was for you know helping you get girls right." And they're like, "We're just practicing being good companions to each other." And then when Robbie and Ray sit down, you can hear them in the background being like, how was that, Ted? And Ted's like, well, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Very sweet. I love ship Ed, Ed and Ted. Ted. Yeah. They're great. There's a lot of fanfic writers do, too. <laughs> oh, man. We haven't even talked about the fan fiction for this show. Oh, boy. Jeez. Okay, so spill it. You had the perfect opportunity to tell Lily you liked her, and you blew it. What happened? Uh, Robbie and Ray are chatting, and Robbie, you know, is just as incredulous as we are that Ray managed to screw it up again. Like, he had his chance to talk to Lily, but Ray's concocted this scheme where it's too early to tell Lily that he likes her because she needs to spend more time with him and appreciate this new chivalrous, dateable dude he's becoming, and then he'll she'll have no choice but to fall for him. And um, we get this great moment that I definitely remember being part of the Family Channel commercials where Ray's all like, yeah, just watch and learn. Watch the master. Just watch and learn. I'm the master. Okay, you can stop watching now. Just kind of leans back and then he manages just to completely fall over in this great sort of pratfall moment. Just There's some really great chair. physical comedy in the show. I mean, yeah. especially from, from Al. He, he always does like really good falls and he's so funny like al mccadam is hilarious what's the baddest shop in town who's got the watch with all the sounds radio put pipe right down it's your cool new radio watch a radio on site so back at the station we open RFR with this like radio ad for uh, radio watches from Radio Hut. They basically cut a deal with Radio Hut where if they do advertisements for Radio Hut's products, they'll, you know, they'll be able to raise money to replace their busted radio equipment. And now, back by popular demand is our own Shady Lane with a new segment we'd like to call How to Get a Girl in Five Days. Okay, let's take a pop quiz. So we turn to Shady Lane doing this kind of like quiz show about dating advice where she asks the guys a question about how to properly ask a girl on a date and they all get it wrong. And Lily tells them that when they're asking somebody out, they have to have a specific date and place and time and activity that they want to do. She also says it doesn't hurt to get them a small gift. Cut to Ed and Ted sitting in the school hallway giving each other radio watches. 
It's and so great. And then shaking hands on it. <laughs> They're so cute. I love it's... Ed and Ted. A radio watch? For me? You shouldn't have. It's very good. Um, but back at the station, they finish the, the bit and put on a, a song. And while the song is playing, Ray asks Lily to meet at Mickey's at 8. So he's got a specific time, a specific place. And Robbie and Travis are just looking at each other like, oh, we, we, oh, see, yeah. we see what you're doing. Yes. And Lily says she can't wait to see the new Ray in action. Oh, man. And so that's the first half of our episode is Ray and Lily are going to go on this pseudo date. And we'll see what happens from there. Will will Ed and Ted uh, finally start dating? No, I'm kidding. Will this bring Ray and Lily closer together finally? Seeing as it's only episode 16, probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> but for now, it's time for a CanCon commercial break. We're talking about Crazy Quilt. Crazy Quilt is a Canadian children's television series. Crazy Quilt was produced from 1997 to 1999. It was an in-house production of Treehouse TV, one of the first. This was one of Treehouse TV's first projects when they were just getting started. Um, it was produced with the Canadian Television Fund, created by the Government of Canada, and the Canadian Cable Industry License Fee Program. Crazy Quilt basically had these two hosts. You had Maggie, uh, portrayed by Mimi Meckler, and Jackson the Raccoon, who was puppeteered by John Nolan. And it was this woman and this raccoon, and together they taught kids how to make crafts. And the premise was really cute. It was the the very beginning of the show, you'd see kind of like a quilt get thrown over a, a little cardboard table. And the set was very much like, it felt like you were in this big quilt cardboard fort. And basically they would kind of set up some sort of lesson that they were going to teach. And they would basically tell a little story by making crafts. So... I was watching one episode where Jackson the raccoon is sneezing a bunch, and so they end up talking about allergies. Maggie, do you remember that story about allergies? Oh, sure. Why don't we make the crafts and tell that story today? Oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah. But I wonder what I'm allergic to. Mm, I have an idea. You do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they tell a little story about these animals in the savanna who have like grass allergies or something like that and so they tell the story and every now and then they'll be like oh we're gonna go meet the leopard and then they break the story to be like and here's how you make a leopard maggie how are we gonna make a make a zebra well jackson i've already started i took two small boxes and wrapped them with construction paper like you wrap a right. present and i glued them together i let it dry you were thinking ahead mm -hmm. the the intro for crazy cult was this awesome sort of kind of trippy early CGI thing that had like dancing scissors and egg cartons and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So you have these dancing scissors and then these big 3D crayons write out the name Crazy Quilt and the scissors cut it out and it's all very cute. So one, one of the cool things about these crafts too is they're all like super kind of accessible crafts made out of stuff you would probably have just like basic crafting supplies or stuff around the house so they'd be making stuff out of like paper towel rolls toilet paper rolls construction paper buttons pom-poms popsicle sticks styrofoam balls plasticine toothpicks pipe cleaners yarn all that kind of like basic kid craft stuff and they'd be making little animals and characters and all sorts of things 
So a little bit about the cast, all, all two members of them. So John Nolan, the puppeteer who puppeted and voiced Jackson, co-founded the Rag and Bone Puppet Theater. And oh. they're sort of a Canadian touring puppet theater that does a lot of work in schools. So they do a style of puppeteering where the, where the puppeteer is like kind of like visible and interacting kind of if you think of you know sherry lewis and lamb chop style thing they're they're not like hidden away but they're part of the show and yeah they're still touring to this day i mean unfortunately a lot of their shows are now postponed (laughs) but they do have a full slate of shows that they do and they take to schools around canada so that's neat and then mimi meckler who played maggie in crazy quilt is faculty at sheridan college Oh, cool. Uh, Mimi Meckler teaches in the Bachelor of Music Theater, and she's been teaching at Sheridan for more than 20 years. This is from her faculty page at Sheridan, so she's been working with the Music Theater Department, Theater and Drama Studies, uh, the Joint Program with the University of Toronto, and Animation. Her specialties include mask, clown, Shakespeare, history, script analysis, acting styles, and acting for animators. Mimi holds her BA and MFA in theater from York University. So she does a lot of work in stage, mainly. She has directed plays, acted in plays, and yeah, she's been a post-secondary teacher for a couple of decades. It's tough to find a lot of stuff on Crazy Quilt. It's <laughs> it's definitely one of the more obscure things you can very niche. try and dive into. But I did manage to find one interview that was really cool uh, from the website Brutal Gamer, where they interviewed Mimi Meckler in 2015 about Crazy Quilt. Oh, wow. I'll share some of their interview here. Meckler got involved with Crazy Quilt when the producers from Treehouse TV sent out a notice stating that they were looking for performers that could be the host of Crazy Quilt. I thought, I'll just go and try out because they seemed to be very open to who they were looking for and they didn't know if they wanted a man or a woman. They were just looking for somebody who was a good fit. So I went down and I auditioned and they asked me to make a very simple craft and tell a story. So I made the simplest craft and I told them a little story and it was really fun. I didn't expect that I would get it at all. I guess I was nice and relaxed and they enjoyed that and asked if I would do it. I was delighted to do it, said Meckler. She had a she had a bunch of cute things to say about uh, working with Jackson and working with John Nolan. She says, I have to say that I had two friendships. I had one with the puppeteer John Nolan, and I had one with Jackson. In my mind, they are two separate and wonderful people, and they are both very special to me. Meckler then went on to share a memory of a magical moment that had occurred while on the set due to everyone believing in Jackson. Jackson became a real feature on the set, and I remember very clearly one day, we were on lunch break, and I look over, and there's Jackson sitting at the counter, and he's reading a newspaper. And he's turning the pages, and I went, oh, it looks like Jackson got a newspaper. And it took me a while to realize that, of course, puppets can't read. Nobody in the room reacted, so it was strange that everyone thought it was the truth, that Jackson was just reading a newspaper on his break, because we all believed in him. Just so cute. (laughs) I love that. That's really nice. Yeah. So, it's... You know, there there isn't a change.org segment for this one, and it's hard to even <laughs> find reviews. But what reception I could get was really touching. It's on this video, basically, of the of the amazing CGI intro. Just some of the YouTube comments were really nice. Um, one from user DoubleDib that says, Man, I wonder what I would be doing if I didn't watch this as a kid. Probably end up being a non-creative person. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, someone else say, uh, Katie Levac saying, I used to get up at 6 a.m. to watch the show. Now I do digital art for a hobby. And uh, another user, uh, Avax Ran, who says, When I was just a little wee lass, around 6, I'd wake up in the morning, make a bowl of cereal, feed my grandparents fishies, turn on the TV, and watch Treehouse. Crazy Quilt was the best. 
In one episode, I didn't see Maggie, and I was very upset and didn't know where she went. Years later, she made a return, and I was very happy. I'm 20 now. <laughs> and, uh... This was my favorite comment from user Lance Starr, who says, This show taught me how to use scissors when I was four years old, so I went into kindergarten a, a year later already a god with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> a um, god with scissors. The last thing I have to share about Crazy Quilt is uh, what, the, what that one user of Axaran said about, you know, not seeing Maggie for an episode made me think, I feel, okay, so this is, this is kind of strange. But I distinctly remember there being two versions of Crazy Quilt. There's this one with Maggie and Jackson, and then there was a different one that had a blonde lady and a guy in like a full tiger costume. And I'm not the only one who remembers this. On the Lost Media Wiki forums, love Lost Media Wiki, uh, a user, username Canadian Childhood, which is perfect, posted just a couple years ago, uh, this is what they posted. So most of you who watched Treehouse TV as a kid probably remember Crazy Quilt. It's the show with the lady and the raccoon making crafts while telling stories. It was a cool little show that originally aired from 1997 to 1999, with reruns until 2011. There's like six or seven episodes on the YouTube channel Kaylor Blakely. What most people don't remember, though, is that when the show launched in 1997, it instead had a different host and a full-body costume tiger. It was really weird and didn't feel like Crazy Quilt. The ones with Maggie and Jackson had a much darker atmosphere than this one, it seems. And then uh, a user, Travis Doucette, uploaded a YouTube video of an original Treehouse promo from 1997 of this original version. And they, they post a link to the trailer, and they asked, Does anybody else remember this version or have any episodes? Thanks. And that's the only thing that people have been able to find of this other, like, version of Crazy Quilt. But I remember Whoa. the other version of Crazy Quilt, and so does our mom. <laughs> like, so I I don't know. It's a mystery. And, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show you the, I'll show you the, yeah, the other spot. Because I do remember these other two characters. It's very strange. I don't know. Maybe it's a collective hallucination. Have I got a story for you? Now from Treehouse comes a world of discovery through craft. We can use our creativity and just have a lot of fun. A Treehouse original where young imaginations come first. Oh, look at this, another pile of junk. Oh. Isn't that weird? I, I don't know if I remember that, but I fucking hate that tiger. <laughs> Oh man, yes. Yeah, so I don't know if 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 somebody else out there remembers the quote unquote original version of Crazy Quilt, get in touch, I guess. But you know, Maggie and Jackson is the one that you can still find episodes of on. There's a few episodes of of it on YouTube. Uh, I could definitely watch the CG intro on loop like a few times. <laughs> it's so great. Just all the dancing scissors. It kind of makes me want to futz around with Cinema 4D and <laughs> try and oh like God. recreate it or something. Um, but yeah, do you do you have any memories or thoughts about Crazy Quilt, Jody? Yeah, like I, I definitely remember watching this a lot and I feel like... And like I, I remember watching it not only like as a memory of watching it, but as a memory of just like being with a family. Because I, I remember watching this like early in the mornings with our parents. Yeah. So, like, that makes it kind of extra special because I, I associate it kind of with, like, being with our family more than, like, just being there watching a show. Um, but, yeah, I think it must have influenced us a lot because we, we did a lot of, of little crafts when we were we were kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was all, like, what what supplies can you find and what, what can you, you make with it? And we, 
we always had fun and always did a lot of fun crafts. And I think shows like this and shows like Art Attack, which I think yes. a lot of people know kind of on a broader scale, were like, you know, super fun and, and influential for a lot of people just kind of looking to express creativity and and just have fun. Yeah. It's just a fun show. I, I feel like there's YouTube crafting channels and stuff out there, but, you know, we we need like a crazy quilt or art attack for like now, <laughs> you know, just like somebody who's very kind of like, you know, earnest, like a good storyteller who leads kids through crafts. So it's not all just like weird five minute crafts, <laughs> bizarre oh, <God>. stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crafting is great. And yeah. it, it warms my heart to see at least a couple of comments that this show encouraged people to continue to be creative. Yeah. So good job, Crazy Quilt. It's a good show. So we cut to the Mickey's date where Ray is being ultra charming boy. He's like, for, for some reason, like Mickey's set up, I guess she ordered a juice. So she gets a bottle of juice and he like opens it for her and pours it into a glass and it's so suave Amazing. he's got a donut for himself that he cuts with a knife and fork but also cuts very badly he just yeah. kind of like moves the donut gets, around the plate yeah he gets like a little like a little sheaf like a little like sliver of donut off <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> but he's he's talking kind of like suavely throughout the whole date and then he says you know, as, as a wise woman once told me it, it doesn't hurt to you know bring a small gift and he gives her this little like compass ring which is like uh, a duplicate of a ring that she had when she was a kid and it was her favorite thing in the world and he he remembers that and she's so really touched so then he asks you know if, if I were to ask you out what would you say and, and she was like yes I mean, if I was the type of girl who was into someone like you, I'd definitely say yes. It's all over, dog. Ouch! Ow! Oh, that Ow, hurts. It hurts. Shot through the heart. Oh. And then immediately Ray's hair is all fucked up when he's talking to Robbie in the next scene. Like, he's, like, given up and somehow his hair is, like, sticking out of his head. Like, it's over, Robbie. <laughs> it's wild how messed up his hair is. It makes me think of, like, when I was a kid, and I just I wouldn't <laughs> brush my hair for a couple of days. I remember and it would that. Look like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's is telling Robbie that it's over, and he's so sad. And you know, Robbie says, "You know what? There's other girls out there. Look at Veronica." And we get our first, or, and we get our sort of second glimpse of Veronica, just hanging out at Mickey's. And Ray's like, "You know what? Sure." <laughs> and he goes and introduces himself to Veronica, and they start chatting. Cut to Lily at her place hanging out with Audrey and Lily's kind of gushing about how, how cute the, the date was and Audrey's like, yep, I, I know, you have to shut <laughs> up about it. <laughs> and she's like, Veronica's really going to fall for him and Audrey's like, I think you've fallen for him. Oh. And Lily's like, no, no, I haven't. And then she thinks that for a second, she's like, shit. Oh, shit. I have. He's one of my best friends, you know, so of course I think he's funny and sweet in the way it's hair curls over his ears. <laughs> I do like him. Don't tell me. Tell Ray. So she she runs back to Mickey's to try to get uh try to get a hold of Ray and, and tell him what she's feeling. But she sees him sitting with Veronica and Veronica's pushing his hair back and it's 
It's a whole moment. And yeah. Lily's blown her chance. She's realized too late. Things really escalated there. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, like getting into we've 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 determined that hair touching is a little bit weird. So to escalate to hair touching levels already, it's like woof. Ray's really just swooped in there. Yeah. The day after the date, Lily goes to ask Ray, you know, how how to go? Did you end up talking to Veronica? How to go? And Ray's like, oh, it was fine. And she's like, okay, it was no big deal. But Audrey's like, Lily. It was only okay, and boy talk means it was great, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet. No way. Audrey's got a whole look going. She does, it's so blue. She's got like this blue, like mock neck, sleeveless kind of sweatery kind of shirt with a matching scrunchie and matching eyeshadow. It's a whole thing. Love it. And sure enough, Ray and Veronica are now an item, and Veronica are like, punches Ray playfully as they're walking and Lily's like that's my move and then we get this montage of Lily looking sad while Ray and Veronica are doing all the cute things meaning giving each other piggybacks we get like a shot of like Ray giving her a piggyback and then her giving him a piggyback and then Ed and Ted (laughs) giving each other piggybacks yes it's very good yes we we still have the thread of Ed and Ted and uh (laughs) In fact, the the montage is brought to a close when Ray and Veronica are about to kiss, and then we get this like all the, like these record scratching noises as Ed and Ted's radio watches malfunction, and then we hop over to our. So get with the times and tune into Radio Hood. Where have you been? Our segment is on in ten. So at the station, just as they're finishing up one of their plugs for uh, Radio Hut. Ray walks in, Lily's angry with him because their segment's just about to start. He said, oh, I just wanted to spend as much time with Ronnie as I could. And they kick off their their how to get a girl bit. And Lily's pretty despondent. She doesn't really know what to say. And she's trying to kind of advise Ray to to play cool and not call her a little bit. She's trying to sabotage the relationship now that she's caught on. But in the middle of all of this, we get a call from Ed and Ted saying that their watch is broke and they're angry with Shady's advice and with the station, they continue to get a, a bunch of more calls of people complaining about the radio watches that they've been advertising. And it turns into a whole kerfuffle where they realize that they're all going to have to get jobs and make up the, the money themselves. So, you going to take my advice and not call her? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, she asked me out tonight, so clearly she can't stand being away from the Raymeister. So we're going to the movies and then off to Mickey's. It's our place. It's like the only place. <laughs> it's the only place to do anything. That's, that's so. everyone's place for everything <laughs> all the time. Yes. So, of course, the next scene is in Mickey's. <laughs> oh, this scene is so cringy. We go way back. Talking way back. Yeah, he tells me everything. I mean, when we were little, we even had sleepovers together. I didn't know you two were so close. So close. So very, very close. So in in the vein of Ray trying to sabotage her dates in earlier episodes, Lily tries to sabotage Ray's date by kind of jumping on the couch with them while they're hanging out with Mickey's and like making a point of how close she is with Ray. And Ray kind of frustrated pulls her aside and is like, what are you doing? (laughs) And then, oh, and then Lily has her moment of, you know, screwing it up when Ray basically asks her like, is there any reason why Ronnie and I shouldn't be dating? And Lily's like, 
No. <laughs> no. It's like, it's, oh. it's fine. So, it's fine. So um, Ray goes back to Ronnie and, and Lily leaves upset and we go back to the station. RFR is no longer in the ad game. Which means we're now free to tell the truth about Radio Hut's cheap pieces of tin they call radio watches. So at the station, Robbie announces that RFR is no longer affiliated with Radio Hut and mentions that they're doing a sit-in to protest and they manage to go live to Ed and Ted who are leading the protest and they, you know, explain there's crowds and crowds of people there when in reality there's only five people there and it's it's this great little bit where the manager just basically comes out and you can hear him be like, what are you doing at my store? Get out of here! <laughs> he just has this very goofy voice and then Ed and Ted go offline and uh, yeah, then they go back to Lily's uh, How to Get a Girl in Five Days show. So my final words of advice are don't wait for love to come to you. And if you're lucky enough to have something great right in front of you, don't take it for granted because you just might end up losing him. It, her, I mean, whatever. Oh. So as, as RFR is kind of wrapping up, Ray leaves the show early to spend time with Ronnie and he, he thanks Lily because she made it all happen. And he leaves Ouch. and Lily is left to stare at the ring that he gave her and, and kind of reflect on how much she screwed this up. Oh, it hoits. And we, we leave it there in part one of this first RFR two-parter. You know, I love being a romantic. Of course, no one understands that better than you. You made it all happen. So, in Mickey's Discs for this episode, we've got I Need Someone by The Carnations, I Fly by Mark Taylor, Sheila's Sister by Spy 51, All I Really Want by The Premiums, Done Up Right by Elise Besler, I'm Not Sorry by Shine Factory, Remember Me by Paper Moon, For Miles in Denial by The Pettit Project, Greater Heights by Motion Soundtrack, and I'm Not Sorry by Shine Factory again at the end. So the two songs that definitely stood out to me were I Need Someone by The Carnations, because we get this very kind of like slow blue transition at the beginning. I need someone. And then uh, Remember Me by Paper Moon plays over the montage of Ray and Veronica romance and and lily being sad and so we've talked about both these bands before but i did want to add i managed to find paper moon on spotify the other day it's just yeah yeah for some reason it's all one word on on spotify so if you search paper moon all one word you'll be able to listen to all their stuff and it's very good cardigans-esque pop a lot of it being in the rfr soundtrack go listen to paper moon on spotify all one word for some reason yeah well, I think that about does it for us this week. That was episode 16 of Radio Free Roscoe and of Podcast Free Roscoe, coincidentally. We have the return of Audrey, some great Ed and Ted bits, more Ray and Lily tension with a major turning point with Lily finally realizing that she likes Ray too. What's going to uh, happen next? What ah. trouble will that bring? Oh, good God. <laughs> if, if you don't already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or at Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email. Give us a shout out at uh, podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. Even better, send us a voice clip if you want to, and we'll put you on the air. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off. (laughs) 